The best part about doing a podcast is I can smoke while I'm doing it. Was that tobacco? Was it weed? Was it salvia? Some sort of weird herb? Who knows? You'll never find out. Anyway, I'm feeling good now. Let's do it. Let me utter a phrase that I'm sure I'll have to say way too many times on this podcast. It's time to talk about Texas. But first, I reckon I should introduce the show. Welcome to Red Leg Revolution, the show about community. I'm C-Dubs, host of this gig, and normally we'll be talking about surviving the apocalypse together. But today, today, we're gonna talk about Texas. Before we get into SB8, the Supreme Court, and the legal malarkey that Tejas is engaging in, let's take a moment to define our core beliefs regarding reproductive rights. This show is pro-choice, pro-reproductive rights, pro-bodily autonomy, all day, every day. This show firmly endorses the idea of bodily autonomy up and down the line, and we try to be consistent with those views. Want to have an abortion? Go for it. Want to do drugs? It's your life. Want to refuse a vaccine? I personally think you're ignorant of science, but I defend your right to be a potentially diseased culture endangering your community. In the end, the only actual autonomy we should have is regarding our own bodies. SB 8 is a fetal heartbeat bill that was passed in Texas a few months ago from the folks doing great work at Planned Parenthood. Here are the facts about the new abortion ban in Texas. The harmful law is sometimes referred to as Senate Bill 8, SB 8. SB 8 bans abortions at about six weeks of pregnancy before many people even know they're pregnant. SB 8 allows people across the country to sue anyone who helps someone get an abortion after six weeks in Texas, including doctors, partners, friends, family members, or volunteers. SB 8 offers a $10,000 minimum reward for every successful lawsuit. SB 8 is the harshest, most extreme abortion restriction in the country, and it's the first six-week ban that has been allowed to take effect. That means any person, such as a partner, parent, nosy neighbor, random stranger, or anti-abortion protester from any state can sue a person they believe helped someone get an abortion in Texas after six weeks. In exchange for this, their vigilante action, they collect at least $10,000 plus legal expenses from the person they sued for each successful claim. This abortion ban will block most safe abortion services in Texas and could also lead to the harassment of health center staff patients, and anyone who helps a person get an abortion. So that was from Planned Parenthood. And that's some handmaiden tale shit. Big Brother, dystopian. There's a lot to unpack, so let's get to it. First off, we shouldn't be legislating morality or any individual's bodies, especially given these laws are usually passed by cis white men who have literally no experience or knowledge of wombs, fallopian tubes, and uteruses. Uteri? Uteruses? What's the plural of that? Anyway, these laws are made with no input from people who actually have uteruses. Uteri? Uteri? Uh, I'll look it up. But greatly affect the people's ability to live their lives. Let's talk a minute about why the right does this. There's a few reasons for it. First and foremost, it galvanizes their base. You might not get a corn farmer in Nebraska to go vote when you talk about foreign aid or tax breaks for the rich, but as soon as you invoke defenseless babies, you have a new voter at the ballot box and a crusader for life. Ha, see what I did there? Secondly, because we live in America and we need to keep those private prisons filled, we have a need to criminalize human behaviors. We often do this in the guise of policing morality. 
Abortion, drugs, and prostitution are all great examples of criminalizing basic behaviors. They criminalize these behaviors because once you send a voter into the system, they sist- they criminalize these behaviors because once you sent a voter into the system, they cease to be voters and can't vote against you. It's a rigged game, and it's how the Republicans continue to eke out survival. Well, that and other v- voter suppression methods, gerrymandering, uh, voter ID law. Uh, okay, it's one of the many ways that Republicans. Uh, hold back voting rights. Um, The main reason for atrocities like SB8 is because it's good optics for their side. It isn't an issue of reproductive rights. Rather, to them, it's a holy crusade to stop the murder of babies. It's not. Spoiler, it's not. The issue with this line of thought is that it's not a baby. It's not a child. It's a diploid set of chromosomes, a zygote, and then a small collection of cells. From the zygote, it graduates into a fetus, which is still not a person, and remains a fetus until it is delivered. Just like an acorn is in a tree, a batter is in a cake, and the idea for this script wasn't a script, things progress and change. And along with those changes comes new terminology, new responsibilities, and new issues with each step. Back to SB8, and why we're talking about it now. The Supreme Court declined to hear a case challenging SB8 from CNN.com. SB 8, the controversial Texas law that bars abortion at six weeks, went into effect early Wednesday morning after the Supreme Court and a a federal appeals court failed to rule on a pending emergency request brought by abortion providers. The lack of judicial intervention means that the law, which is one of the strictest in the nation and bans abortion before many people know they are pregnant, goes into force absent absent further court intervention. Texas knew this law was a direct attack on Roe v. Wade. In fact, it was crafted to directly challenge that law. And it's no surprise that the conservative-leaning Supreme Court declined to hear the case and provide relief to all the comrades with uteruses in Texas. Side note, what what about the Supreme Court? Why do nine unelected justices have the power to do what they do? Why is there no recall method available for the justices? Why do we even pretend that they're impartial when we know they're just going to toe the party line of whomever appointed them? And if you think it's a good thing because of the Constitution, let me remind you that the Founding Fathers didn't think black people were people, so you might want to rethink that defense. Anyway, the Supremes declined to hear the case, so now Texas has yet another shit show on their hands. It's not like they have any other problems down there that need addressing, say, uh, mitigating a deadly virus or fixing a failing power grid. I mean, it's all about priorities, right, people? The scary part of all this, well, besides the overnight shift to a Margaret Atwood novel, is that this is only the first effort at this type of law. The religious right have been trying to overturn Roe since the 70s, and this is just the latest legal malarkey to achieve that. Given the Supreme Court's inaction, you can expect red and deep purple states to begin passing similar laws in your neighborhood. The ultimate goal of the forced birthers is to restrict access to abortion nationwide and set precedents for overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, this won't stop abortions. No law will. Since time immemorial, we've been aborting fetuses. Hell, old-time peasants used to eat random local herbal abortifacients. Before Roe, there was the coat hanger and the deaths and mutilations that went with the back alley procedure. All SB 8 and laws like it will achieve is increasing the number of botched procedures and, in turn, the number of dead and injured women. 
This podcast takes a very strong stance against murdering and mutilating people. Call us old-fashioned, but we believe that it's a bad thing. Future advertisers take note. Red Leg Revolution, we're against murdering folks. Uh, unless they're Nazis. Unrepentant Nazis. It's a scary situation, but what can we, as thank the lucky stars, not Texans, do? This is where the central thesis of this show comes in. We talk a lot on here about three things mainly, mutual aid, direct action, and dual power. I'm not going to get into what these things are since I've already written three episodes about them, but let's apply these concepts to the SBA issue. Mutual aid is different from charity as there is no inherent power balance. Mutual aid is one of the things we can do to combat the worst effects of this bill for our comrade. Mutual aid could be contacting the women you know in Texas and letting them know you're here for them, and not just in a hypothetical way. You're more than just a shoulder to cry on. Make sure they know you're here to do what needs to be done. If you're afraid Greg Abbott might see you, then make sure to spin your contact as a simple invite to come visit. Something like, I haven't seen you in forever. I know the climate down, uh, down there is getting rough, and if you need to get out of it for a minute, I'd love to see you and help you take care of anything you might need to take care of. I can even come give you a ride. And, and if you don't care what Texas thinks, like everybody listening to this podcast, uh, you can just, you know, hit a friend up in Texas and be like, yo, you need an abortion? I got you, fam. You know, it, choice is yours. Uh, cover your ass or not. They can't sue us all. <laughs> um, yeah. But then the important thing is, is to follow up with these promises. If you can't drive to Texas to evacuate a reproductive rights refugee, I'm sure you know other like-minded people closer to the border. Get a chain of people working to help those affected to get the services that they need. Mutual aid can also be donations to folks trying to get out of the state for necessary procedures. It can be offering your home to a refugee when they come to visit your state. It takes many different ways, and we can all help in one way or another. Another thing we're going to talk a lot on this show is direct action. Direct action is utilizing whatever leverage you have to affect change and not relying on established institutions. We'll talk a bit more about that in our direct action episode. But in this case, it could be time, money, or your labor, among many other things. Uh, it can, direct action can be violent, but storming the Texas state capitol would probably end up with a bunch of us shot and nothing else changing, so let's focus on nonviolent DA. What are some ways you can utilize your leverage against this draconian law? First off, don't fuck with Texas. No, 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 I'm serious. Don't fuck with them at all, period. Boycott them. Boycott the whole damn state. Don't visit Texas. Don't consume media based in Texas. Don't buy from companies based in Texas. A friend of mine, David Williamson, recently posted this, and he said everything I wanted to say but better. Plus, copy-paste helps hit minimum word requirements for a script. My ode to Texas. I like Apple computers. The new MacBook Pro is made in Austin, Texas. I won't be buying one. The Toyota Tundra is a cool vehicle. I won't be buying one of those either. I love cheap airfares. Southwest Airlines is based in Dallas. I won't be booking any flights with them. Actually, my go-to airline is American, and I won't be booking with them either. I won't be visiting Texas or sending any money there for the foreseeable future. You see, I'm not a Texas resident, so I didn't get to play a part in your state politics, yet I do get to decide where I send my body and my cash. Texas state pol politics... 
Texas state politics limit participation for people that look like me, and I find that disgusting. Texas state politics took away a woman's right to choose her own health options unless it's whether to wear a mask in a pandemic. That's just plain stupid. I'm tired of watching Americans get dumber. If Texas is able to continue its behavior unchecked, other states will follow. There are a lot of things that I like that are made in Texas. A few I can't get a replacement for. Gasoline immediately comes to mind. Even using a company based elsewhere is likely that the gas was refined in Texas. That said, most of the items I buy from Texas, I can get a suitable replacement from elsewhere. Here is a list of Texas companies I've used in the last year that won't be seeing any more money from me. Waste Management, American Airlines Group, ConocoPhillips, Phillips 66, Dell Technology, AT&T, Pizza Hut, Whole Foods Market, Frito-Lay, Kimberly-Clark, 7-Eleven, Academy Sports, Neiman Marcus, Pier 1, Cinemark, Pace Picante Sauce, Snickers, Skittles, and Starburst, Thunder Mars Candy, and Mossberg Shotguns. Some of these companies are really a part of my normal existence. I love Slurpees and Fritos. However, as of today, I will find non-Texas replacement items. No reason to watch nationally televised games featuring Texas college date or professional teams. I guess what I'm saying is I have every intention of messing with Texas because they are messing with the rest of us. It never, it's never occurred to me to boycott an entire state before, but times are different now. Hashtag Texas don't mess with me. Hashtag boycott Texas. So seriously, folks, let's, let's don't fuck with Texas. They've, they've been telling us for years that, so let's listen to them. So that brings me to our next method of DA, which is gumming up the system. Along with this horrendous bill came a whistleblowing website, ProLifeWhistleblower.com, where any Texan can narc on a suspected abortion activity. It would be a shame, a shame, I say, for all of us to, I don't know, obtain a VPN and spoof our location from Texas and then report former first ladies or MCU heroes or Greg Abbott's wife for fraudulent abortion charges. That would be a shame, and I'm definitely not telling you to do all that. Not at all. That is not what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that would be shameful if people were to do that. Uh, quick pivot. Let's talk about World War II. The resistance efforts to the Nazis wasn't all guerrilla warfare and clandestine sabotage. It was also staff clerks deliberately misfiling reports, losing paperwork, or otherwise utilizing the bureaucracy to slow down the extermination of their friends and neighbors. We'll never know how many people survived thanks to these unnamed activists who were simply and deliberately bad at their job. I'm not drawing any correlation here at all. I, I just thought that was a fun tidbit to share. Um, sometimes you can drastically save lives by gumming up systems. Um, so if Nazis ever take power again, you know what to do. And, you know, you apply that to other situations uh, that we may or may not have talked about already uh, at your own leisure. So um, anyway, uh, as of writing this script, I've been contacted by a few folks uh, wondering if there was any actions planned here in Kansas City. Uh, at the moment, I have nothing to tell them. I know of one. I know one of them is interested in planning one. If there's not one going on, <clears throat> so if you know of any, uh, definitely hit me up and let me know, and I will get it to the people who need to know, and we will probably promote the hell out of it. So, uh, so yeah, I'll let you guys know. So besides direct action and mutual aid, we we can also. God damn it. Fine. 
We can also work within the system, as much as I hate to say it. Look, I firmly believe that the systems we currently have are broken, and they're not going to save us uh, at all. Electoral politics never goes to where it needs to. That being said, we owe our marginalized comrades efforts at slowing down this train wreck, and to that end, we have to vote. Voting sucks. now, don't get me wrong. Civic participation is awesome. I just think the whole electoral institutions we have built don't work. Um, keep that in mind. So voting sucks. In the long run, it doesn't change much anything. But at the same time, if the Democrats have power, we're fighting more to gain ground uh, versus losing ground when Republicans have power. Uh, it's more of a fight when Republicans have power and nationally or locally to you know, actually just keep the services and uh, privileges that we have now. Uh, We have to fight to maintain them versus fight to gain more. Um, Don't take this as an endorsement of the Democrats. Uh, I don't like Democrats either, and we'll be doing a whole episode down the line about the dangers of Democrats co-opting movements. Uh, But I'd honestly rather have to eat a pile of shit than a pile of shit that also has broken glass in it. It's harm reduction, and it, I, don't, I don't like even endorsing it publicly, but at the same time, you see it, at least in reproductive rights, especially that Democrats are the ones that are going to uh, kind of keep us where we're at versus try to actively take the rights away of of women and girls. So, um, but that being said, on the subject of political engagement, get active in your local politics. Uh, If we get active in our local politics, we can start to, you know, move at least the Democrats more to the left, uh, again, insofar as electoral politics work, air quotes. Uh, so SB8 was on a state level, but we see this type of forced birth shit on every level of government. It could be a town council zoning a neighborhood to refuse to allow a new Planned Parenthood office or an expansion to the existing office to meet state regulations uh, to something like SB8 to national efforts to overturn Roe v. Wade, of which SB8 is part of. As long as we sit back and let the organized religious right continue to dominate the political discourse, we'll always be fighting a losing battle. Please, get involved in your community some way. Like, uh, again, vote, it's harm reduction, but you can't think that that's all you have to do. See how you can help, not just on reproductive rights, but on everything. See how you can help your community and how your community can help you. This will help build dual power and stronger communities. And stronger communities is how we're going to survive these hard times that we have coming up as climate change kind of hits. So, like, go vote, go get involved in, you know, local office, but also get involved in local mutual aid efforts. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Hopefully we can slow the train wreck and mitigate the most damage we can. Hopefully. Anyway, <clears throat> Anyway, uh, here's why I believe in reproductive rights, personally. Uh, First off, like we talked about before, I'm big on bodily autonomy. If I don't want the government telling me what drugs I can or cannot put in my body, it seems like an easy jump to not telling women what to do with theirs. 
Secondly, this podcast is explicitly pro-sex. We like talking about it, having it, and protecting others' rights to it. If it's between two consenting adults, you do you, boo. Part of being pro-sex is being pro-birth control, up to and including abortion. The way I always saw it was that if a woman has more options for birth control, my chances at possibly having sex increases. I'm sure there's some sort of mathematical formula that explains that. I don't have it off the top of my head. But it may be something I explore in my retirement years. Anyway, I also have a daughter. I've been raising her to know her body is her own, that no one can tell her what to do with her body, and that her value is so much more than being a vessel for the unborn. I'm thankful that I had these views before I had a daughter versus becoming enlightened only after the fact. I don't want my daughter to grow up in a world where her body belongs collectively to an oppressive state and she has no autonomy to her own physical vessel. SB8 is terrifying, and I hope you'll do what we talked about to change it. Direct action, mutual aid, solidarity. That's how we're going to get through all these tough things we have coming up. And what better place to start than protecting the rights of everyone with a womb who needs protecting. Remember, like, I'm not biblical at all, but I'm a big fan of the time Jesus was like, whatsoever you do to the least of my people, that you do unto me. Uh, it's a variation of the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have done. And if I personally had a uterus, if I was a woman and my rights were being attacked like this right now, I would want my male friends to speak up and to get active and, and help out. And in the end, that benefits all of us. Um, first off, it's not a child, especially at such uh, early stages of gestation. Um, and not everybody's cut out to be a parent. And the situations that brought forth the uh, fetus may not always be intentional. And, like, I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't ask somebody to carry a burden of any other type for nine months against their will and then have to deal with that burden for the rest of their life. I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. It seems pretty fair to not want to impose that onto others. So, anyway, future episodes will not follow this format of me ranting for however long it took me to read about 3,500 words. Uh, looks like about 23 minutes. Uh, but this stuff needed to be said. I do wish I had a guest for this episode, uh, but I need to get this out there since it's time sensitive and I haven't had time to schedule a guest host, and I might have gotten my first uh, real ban ban from Facebook for 24 hours to where I can't post or comment. So my primary network of asking if people want to help out, I'm frozen out of for another like six hours. We will more than likely revisit, <coughs> we will more than likely revisit this topic uh, with one of my many, many uh, women's rights, reproductive rights, uh, activist buddies. Uh, but for now, I just kind of want to, I literally use my platform and my privilege to get that message out and help amplify the important message that this shit's scary, this shit's fucked up, uh, and we need to do everything we can together to fight it. So, uh, anyway, 
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Revolution, the podcast about community. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Red Leg Revolution and on Twitter at Red Leg Pod. We hope you'll join us as we build a better world on the ashes of the old, together. Because our only hope is each other. Man, and fuck Greg Abbott.